Welcome to a podcast from Alive Church in Newark. We believe that the gospel changes lives, so we hope you're ready to hear from God, be challenged and inspired. Here's our speaker for today. Fantastic. Good morning. Uh, I hope we're all well. So we're into week three of our All In series. And um, in week one, we just did an introduction to the concept of us being partners together, partners in the gospel. And then last week, we talked about the being all in as we are attenders, the ones who gather together. And we see the evidence of that this morning. We are all in for Sunday services. And this morning, we are talking about we are connected. We are all in for connection. We are people who give our lives to not being isolated, but give our lives to being connected. And one way that we do that across a live is what we call connect groups. Works quite nicely because it ties all those great words together. And um, this morning we're going to celebrate connect groups and we're going to give a biblical mandate, a biblical understanding for why we connect together in small groups during the week. Why do we do that? Now let's put a caveat over the top of all this. For some of us, it's really difficult to connect together in the middle of the week. It's difficult maybe for jobs. Maybe some of you work away from home. You're literally flying to other parts of the, the world, um, maybe even from tomorrow morning. For some of you, your job takes you away in the evening. We get that. For some of you, you're geographically removed from other people in the life of the location. Maybe you live somewhere else, but you're able to travel in on a Sunday, but the pressure of the week makes it difficult. So please don't hear this as a set of rules and regulations. Don't hear this as, you know, if I can't do it, that actually God's going to strike you down or anything like that. There's nothing at all. And I want you to move away from this today without that sense of condemnation if you can't be in a connect group. But I want you to hear our heart that actually God wants us to be connected together. We've got three points this morning of what that can look like or why when we connect together do we grow? What happens in that? And also this morning we're going to have, as I say, this biblical understanding of why we do what we do outside of our Sunday services. So if you've got your Bibles, I'd love you to open your Bibles and we're going to go to the book of Acts. It'll come up on the screen as well. Can I encourage you that whenever you you come to study the Word of God, you perhaps have a little notebook with you as well, so you can write down some thoughts and those sort of things, so you can go back. In reality, what are you going to get out of 20 to 25 minutes, as opposed to what you might be able to get out of the Word of God as you unpack it during the week? We're going to go to get that really famous passage for anyone who's grown up understanding the Bible. We're going to Acts chapter 2. So this is in the New Testament. It's the fifth book in the New Testament. It really is the book that starts to talk about the growth of the early church. We're going to go to Acts chapter 2. We're going to read the last few verses of that chapter together, and they'll come up on the screen as well. Acts 2 verses 42 to 47. It says this, they, that was basically the early church. So a whole body of people who just come to know Jesus, and they just begun to accept him, they then started to do these things. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread or communion, as we've done this this morning, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs being performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. A little bit like what we're doing on a Sunday, they they carried on meeting together. And they also did this. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. 
In the New Testament, there's about 26 references to believers meeting together in each other's homes. They're not solely in Acts. They're spread across a multiple, a multiple of the books of the New Testament. And when I study the, the works of Jesus... He seems to spend a lot of time with his friends around a table, eating, talking together, living life together. It doesn't seem to be this kind of sense of Jesus only stood up and preached. He actually, throughout the scriptures, as we read in the Gospels, he seems to have lived his life with friends, lived his life with people. You actually see Jesus eating quite often as well in scripture i think there's a good precedent for our lives in that isn't there so if we're to be a church that follows the way that jesus did it and becomes like the early disciples in other words those who are closest perhaps to jesus and following how jesus did it maybe we should pick up some of his practices maybe we should pick up some of the things that he did and understand why that benefits us and if he met in people's homes, and if the early disciples met in each other's homes, and they broke bread together, and they lived life together, maybe you and I should understand some of that and pick it up. So within Alive, we put in place a program or a way of doing that that we call connect groups. And connect groups are literally there in order that you and I can live lives like the Bible tells us. You know, do these sort of things because it's good for you. Live lives as connected people. And here at Alive, we've got a purpose for connect groups. Here's what we do for connect groups. This is our purpose. We're connect groups. The purpose is to raise disciples through committed friendship, through mutual support, through pastoral care, through living extraordinary lives empowered by the Holy Spirit, and finally, through environments where people grow to trust and follow Jesus. So connect groups are, for those of you who don't understand or don't, have never heard those language, they're small groups, often about 8 to 12 people that meet in people's homes, and often they meet during the week. So a Wednesday evening, a Tuesday evening, and they're hosted in a particular home. And in Alive, we go through, at the moment within our connect groups, some of the material that we've been studying on Sundays, and we unpack it a little bit more. And we have discussions, and we pray, and we pray for one another, and we spend time with one another, building each other up in the faith with the ideal that the fruit of our connect groups looks like this. It looks like you and I living discipled lives. Multiplication, in other words, connect groups are designed to multiply. They're designed for new people to come in and for us to get to a point where we can't all meet in someone's living room and therefore we have to multiply into two connect groups and that creates more opportunity for more people to be discipled. And they're also designed to see the fruit of what we call proactive pastoral care. Now, if I go into hospital tomorrow, I would hope that a number of people across the church would react to that pastorally. They would come and give attention to me, perhaps give attention to Claire and my kids, and a sense of we're reacting because there's a crisis. But that's not the only pastoral care that a church should offer. A church should be able to be proactive in one another's lives, living life together, and actually when we're connected, we get a number of our pastoral needs met. It's not solely in the reactive moments, but it's actually in everyday life that when I connect with someone else, I get a number of my needs met. So we want to start this morning by celebrating connect groups. We want to start this morning by honouring as well. 
Can I ask those of you who lead or facilitate a connect group in your house just to stand up for me? Charlie and Keith, great. Martin and Mel, great. We've got people stood all over here this morning. Great. Let's thank these people. Thank you so much. We thank you, Heather. Thank you. Thank you. Now, if, you, if you're in a connect group, in one of these wonderful people's connect groups, we've got a little gift for you. Um, in order that... It's not bribery in any way, shape or form. But um, if you go to their connect group this week, I'm hoping that they, by that point, haven't eaten all the celebrations. And... Um, it hasn't just you get there on the Wednesday evening and there's just a pile of celebration wrappers in the centre table. But actually, they've maybe got some there for you uh, in their connect group. Thank you, guys. Why don't you sit down? Wonderful. Connect group leaders, connect group facilitators, connect group hosts, we love you. We love the way that you are part of leading the local church. You are part of doing what God has called us to do in this place. And the mandate over connect group leaders is to raise other connect group leaders. Maybe you're in a connect group and you've got an aspiration. I'd love to do some of this. I'd love to open my home up. I'd love to allow people to come around and study the Bible and pray together. Come and speak to some of that location forum as we introduced them earlier. And let's see if we can go on that journey together. So this morning we've got three reasons why connect groups are a brilliant biblical model for us and what happens in connect groups for you and I as we meet together. Reason number one is this. We're connected to grow in relationships. We are connected to grow in relationships. Back to that Acts passage, Acts 2, verses 45 to 47. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in the homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. Jesus says this in John chapter 13. He tells us that people will know his disciples by the way they love each other. Love for me is very tangible. It's not just something that I say about somebody. It's not just something that I can um, exhibit in my words, but I exhibit in my actions. I want to spend time with the people that I love. I want to be amongst those. You know, I love going home to be with my wife and my children. It's because of the love that I have for them. And that's what God wants us to develop in our relationships together, that we love being together, that we're better together than we are apart. As I was thinking about this and planning this earlier in the week, I was remembering that actually in the last uh, seven or eight days, the uh, National Week has been National Suicide Prevention Week. And as part of that, there's been a highlighting of isolation and loneliness again in the nation. Here's some troubling, I think, statistics. Loneliness, living alone and poor social connections are as bad for your health as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Loneliness is worse for you than obesity is. Loneliness is likely to increase your risk of death by 29%. The number of over 50s experiencing loneliness is set to reach 2 million by 2025 stroke 2026. This compares to around 1.4 million in 2016-17. In other words, it's a 49% increase in 10 years. Half a million older people will go at least five or six days a week without seeing or speaking to anyone at all. It's not solely just for the older generation, actually, loneliness as well. Research commissioned by Eden Project Initiative, The Big Lunch, found that disconnected communities could be costing the UK economy £32 billion every year. And a survey by Action for Children found that 43% of 17 to 25-year-olds who use their service had experienced problems with loneliness 
and that of this same group, less than half, said that they felt loved. That is not how Jesus intended humanity to be. He didn't intend us to have an epidemic in the UK of loneliness. He never set out in order that we would become isolated. He didn't say, actually, you know, what I want by the 21st century is that people will live in their own isolated worlds. He designed us to be connected. He designed it for us to be in community, together. He designed us to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbours, one another, as ourselves. Now, let's not cheapen any of those facts. For many of us, there will be periods in our lives where we feel lonely, where we step into situations or circumstances of loneliness. Can I say, if you feel in a local church environment as lonely, we can't stand for that. As a leader in a life, I can't stand for that. I don't want you to feel isolated. So at the end of today, if any of that has struck a chord with you, and actually you know that come out of this meeting, there's a sense of you're going to walk back into an environment that is lonely for you. We'd love to pray with you. We'd love to help connect with you. And that can look whatever it looks like on your terms. You don't have to force it in the way that we would do it. But we'd love you to walk from this place knowing that actually you've got a friend, somebody who can love you, someone will give you a phone call during the week and actually say, oh, how are you doing? You know, and actually begin to bridge that gap into the life of the church because I know this location would love for you to feel connected. So we connect to growing relationships. There is an epidemic of loneliness across the UK and the local church has to be one of the answers to that we are designed to be connected connect groups do this stuff they facilitate the formation of deeper christian friendships connect groups are a place where you and i can go on the journey of developing our friendships together they encourage greater spiritual accountability amongst church members in other words in a connect group you can look into the whites of someone's eyes and actually work out if someone's doing okay it's a bit difficult to do that on a sunday as we pass by isn't it i don't know about you but sometimes you can wear a mask on a sunday you know everything's okay but actually when you live life with somebody week in week out people can ask you those questions and you begin to break down some of those barriers you actually start to understand that people love you and got your best interests at heart they become a natural opportunity for inviting others into the community of believers that's why we do connect groups not that we become isolated in our own or protected in our own environments, but that we become open-hearted and open-handed people, allowing others to step in to that. And they also become places where we learn how to live together. For me, some of the things that I've benefited from being in small groups, it's learning to forgive people. It's learning to keep short accounts. It's learning to get on with people who don't see it like I see it, do life in a different way to how I do. You know, we're not all called to be yes people. We're not all called to see things exactly the same way. We're not all called to live life exactly the same way as Howard would live. We're called to do life how you're designed. But we're designed to complement one another. And we do that by living life in community, connected together. They become places where we learn how to celebrate together. They become places where we learn how to mourn together and grieve for one another when things are tough. The relationships formed within small groups form a strong fabric within the wider church that everyone benefits from. In other words, connect groups strengthen the body. So number one, we're connected to grow in relationships. Number two, we're connected, or reason number two, we're connected to grow in faith 
we're connected to grow in faith. Now, what we're doing right now is brilliant because we're having a word spoken to us from the Bible, which will allow us to grow to a certain level in faith. But it's not the be all and end all. We can't do the whole of our Christian existence like this. Also, your own personal journey with the Bible, your own personal prayer life is also brilliant. But again, it's not the be all and end all. Jesus spent a lot of time in prayer one on one with his father. But he also spent a lot of time with his friends in community. So we need, between the Sunday experience and the personal walk, we need another thing in our life. And that is we need our friends around us. Now, when we gather in connect groups, some of us have gone a little bit further in our Christian walk than are the others. Some of us are perhaps a bit more discipled in a certain area of our walk. But you also bring something beautiful into that as well. You're further on than I am in certain areas. You're further on in a particular part of development than I am. And what happens in connect groups is we spur one another on. We champion each other. We actually say, now, Jesus has got this for you. Why don't you develop in this area? And we spur one another on to greater levels of faith. Acts 2 verse 43 says this, everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. When we meet together in homes, we don't just do it because we like one another and it's a nice place to just have a chat about the weather or worse, to have a nice gripe about the stuff that's going on. We do it in order that we can spur each other on to greater levels of faith. We do it so that we can sit around a table and we can talk about what Jesus is doing in our lives and we can talk about how we're growing and being developed and how, by being together with Jesus at the centre of us, we can move into greater levels of faith. Here's four things that I believe takes place in small groups as we meet together. The first is prayer. Connect groups can better participate in prayer for one another. Often the first place that someone prays out loud is a connect group. You know, you often you won't do it in this environment, but by growing in your faith, connect groups are safe environments to learn to pray for one another, to stand and pray with one another, to have the knowledge that actually there's eight or nine other people praying for me this week. That's a brilliant thing. You know, if you're going for a work um, interview or perhaps you're going through a health battle or perhaps there's something uh, where your children are struggling, to know that there's a few people who've got your back in prayer, that's a brilliant thing to do. The second is the supernatural. A connect group gathered together can create opportunities and atmospheres of faith for the supernatural and the filling of the Holy Spirit. You know, God doesn't want to and God isn't restricted to only turning up on a Sunday morning. God is active every moment of every day. He is with you wherever you are. He is omnipresent. He can meet in two connect groups each week. He's brilliant. And um, that's the beauty of what we do when we're together with our friends. We can spur one another on to understanding, actually, let's believe for healing in this place tonight. Let's believe for breakthrough in this person's life this week. Let's stand together and believe that actually in faith we'll see something incredible take place in our small group. Gifting is the fourth word. A connect group is a safe place where people can step out in faith and exercise their gifts. Do you know God wants to give you gifts? And he wants you to be developed in those gifts. He wants you to understand that he's got great things for you. And one of the places you can develop them is in a small group. It's difficult to release all of those gifts on a Sunday morning. It's difficult for every single one of you to jump up and give a word of prophecy. 
It's difficult for every single one of you to come and give an interpretation in tongues. It's difficult for each of you to give a word of knowledge. It's difficult for you all in this place to exercise a gift of healing in this house. But on a, on a connect group, in the midst of that, to actually believe it, that God's got something that he's carrying through me to speak into someone else's life and create an atmosphere where that can be received. That's what takes place. We grow in our gifts. And then God, once you're growing in that gift, will um, give you other platforms for it as well. And the final one is leadership. Connect groups give opportunities for leadership development. You know, a minute ago when those connect group leaders st stood up, I said, and our dream across the live is that each one of those connect group leaders effectively is raising someone else so that we can multiply a connect group. Another person can step into the leadership gift that God has for them. It's, it's a gift of God. It's the ability to lead. Cre leaders create leaders. They don't create followers. They create leaders. And that's a brilliant environment where connect groups can do that. So you get to experience what it is to be a servant leader. Those people who are opening their homes up and facilitating a connect group, you're becoming like a servant leader, like Jesus. It's brilliant. So we're connected to growing faith. And those four areas are areas that we grow in in our faith. And finally, we're connected to grow numerically. I don't know about you, but as I think about Alive Newark, I think about God giving us a mandate to see this town and working with the churches in this town in unity to see this town restored by the great love of Jesus. When I think about us sat here, I think this isn't the be all and end all. This isn't what we're designed solely to do. We're not solely designed to come into our nice little huddle and not be welcoming to those that God wants to bring to us. But that isn't all going to happen on a Sunday morning. You know, we may well one week wake up and there'll be a queue outside the door here at Live Newark. That would be wonderful. It would be an incredible blessing to the town. It'd be a great story of God reviving people's hearts. And that may well happen. But until that day comes, there's work for you and I to do. And one of the greatest places we can do that is in a connect group environment. Acts 2 verse 47 says this, and the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. So the Lord does that. He does that part, but we can create environments where people can be added to. The reason why connect groups are a great environment for being added to is because they are already an environment that people feel comfortable and safe in. You know, inviting somebody around for a barbecue or a meal is not a weird thing to do, is it? It's not an odd thing. Inviting somebody into a school hall on a Sunday morning to come to church is something often outside of people's frame of reference. Often people need a relationship. They need a friend to bring them, to say, come on, this is, it's going to be great. You'll be with other people who are already with us in this environment. So I encourage you to think of connect groups as a place of invitation. Think of connect groups as a place where people can come and gather together, a place where we can eat meals together, a place where we can study the Bible together, a place where we can pray for one another, a place where we can be real and honest with one another and we, we can put Jesus at the centre of our conversations. Here's just three thoughts. First is this, stepping stones. Connect groups are like stepping stones into the wider community of church. They become places where people can take their first step into the community. Don't think about it as the first step into a program. Connect groups aren't that at all. Connect groups are the first relational stepping stone into a greater relationship with the wider body of Christ. They're an important stepping stone to church. Many church members find it easier to invite friends to a connect group or to a connect group social. 
Use them. Use them as opportunities to invite your friends. Secondly, they become safe environments of discipleship. You know, you don't need to know Jesus in order to start a discipleship journey. Becoming um, someone who declares that I know Jesus is part of my discipleship journey. But actually, Jesus had so much wisdom and has so much wisdom for all of us, all of humanity to hear. We can do that through connect groups, speaking out his wisdom, his love, his great plan for humanity to people's lives through connect groups. And the final one, we're connected to grow numerically because connect groups are designed to multiply. I've said it a couple of times. They're designed to be environments that don't stay static. Now, if you're in a connect group, this is where it all gets a little bit um, problematic at a relational level. Because if we're designed to multiply... Someone wanted to join a connect group, I think, innit? <laughs> if we're designed to multiply, what happens is that we have to have a heart state that says this is going to change at some point. In 12 months' time, we might have too many people to sit in my front room. So therefore, it's going to change. The dynamics are going to shift. Things are going to feel different. And we have to be people who have wide enough hearts that allow others to come in. We're not designing cliques. We're not making insular groupings where we feel safe Jesus never designed us to feel safe in those environments. He designed us to be open-hearted people who allow others to come in and then for us to create environments of multiplication that allow our connect groups to grow, etc. So I know many of you are already in connect groups. I hope tonight, uh, this morning, that as we've talked about connect groups, you've understood a little bit of why the Bible encourages us to meet together in homes. But I also want to encourage, if you're not in a connect group, to, if you can, to come and try one out. You can go to our Connect area at the back uh, straight after this service and you can say, I'd like to try a Connect group. No pressure. You don't have to stick in it for the rest of your life. There's no kind of sense of, you know, once you're in, you're in and there's a set of rules and regulations that you have to abide by. It's just come and join the Connect. Um, come and connect. Come and join at a greater level into the heart of the church it will be of great benefit to you but also i know of great benefit to the body of christ here so here's a couple of thoughts for you first is this who are your people who would you say if i went into hospital tomorrow they're going to be the people who drop everything come and support me if you don't yet know that in the life of this location can i encourage you a connect group is a brilliant environment for you to start to discover that body of people the second question is this. Is there a small group you're connected to and building community with? If there isn't, I'd love to encourage you. Even if you can't make the meetings, I'd love you to go along to our connector and say, look, I'm going to struggle to get there every Wednesday night. But when I'm in the country or when I'm around, I'd love to be there. Can I put my name down for one? You know, don't allow the excuse of geographical distance to stop you connecting. And the third question is this, what pastoral care structure or system are you in and directing people to? You know, if God has us all on this leadership journey, every single one of us is part of caring for one another. It's not just about one or two pastors, it's about everybody living life together, encouraging one another and supporting one another. And connect groups are brilliant for that. Do you know what? You make a connect group. You bring your best to it. You bring your heart to it. And it makes connect groups wonderful. So do something today. If you're not in a Connect group, go to Connect area at the end of this service. I'd love you to go and see Lois or whoever's on Connect desk today and say, actually, I'm going to make a decision. I want to be in a Connect group and uh, I'm going to do whatever I can 
to get myself into one. Do something today. I can guarantee if you don't, you'll come back next week and we'll be talking about something completely different and you'll forget about it. So go and do something today and say, do you know what? This might be difficult. I've got to maybe move a few things. It might be a few weeks before I can actually turn up and make one. But decide today, I'm going to make a decision. I'm going to get myself in a connect group because the Bible says it's going to be good for me. I'm going to follow what Jesus does. All good? Great. Wonderful. We're going to say a prayer at the end of our service now. We say it uh, every week here at Alive. We're consistent with this because we think this is perhaps one of the most important things we can do in the life of every church. And that is to offer every person here an opportunity to start a relationship with Jesus Christ. So in other words, what we call become a Christian, become a follower of Jesus. And um, for many of you, you've made this decision at some point in your history. And this is a reminder. Please say the prayer with me. It's a reminder again of that decision you once made. But maybe today there's somebody here who's never made this decision, never prayed a prayer like this, never actually said, I'm serious about this now. I want to follow Jesus. This is a prayer for that opportunity. So what we're going to do is we're going to say this prayer. We're all going to say it out loud because there's something in the power of us speaking that is so important. We're going to all declare it in here. Then at the end of that, I'm just going to ask everyone to bow their heads. And if you said this prayer for the very first time today and you've never said a prayer like this before, I'd love you to raise your hand for me. By doing that, I'll see it and one or two of my friends will see it in the room. And we're going to bring a book for you that helps explain this prayer and helps you start this journey and allows us to connect with you and you to connect with us and start to build um, relationships as we move forward why don't we say this prayer together church thank you god for loving me before i ever loved you thank you jesus for dying on the cross for me thank you that i can get connected to you now because you are alive today i admit that i've lived my life without you and have messed up i ask for your total forgiveness and i commit myself to you Help me to submit my life to your teaching and direction from now on. I receive you into my life and I ask you to fill me with your Holy Spirit. Amen. Wonderful. Let's just bow our heads. That's all from us today. Thanks for listening. We pray you have a great day.